We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and we have, of course, three and a half hours plus of some of the very best in jazz music. And our jazz feature tonight is something very special because it was recorded right here in Vancouver and uh, at Corey Weed's Cellar Jazz Club. And it's an incredible uh, jazz feature. Of course, we're going to be uh, after the jazz feature. We've got all kinds of great stuff to play for you. But this is what we're all about. My name is uh, Gavin Walker. Did I say that? Maybe I didn't. Anyway, and of course, this is The Jazz Show, a regular feature every Monday night right here at CITR. So we're going to go back to the historic evenings, recent historic evenings, at Corey Weed's Cellar Jazz Club on West Broadway. This was the last... New York band to play at the club, and it was uh, a dream of Corey to bring in this particular band because it featured a couple of his favorite players and, of course, a legendary player. This is the, the band is the Cannonball Adderley Legacy Band, and, of course, what they're going to do is a whole bunch of tunes that were associated with Cannonball Adderley's quintet and sextet, two of the most important bands in jazz history. And, of course, the great leader, Julian Adderley, one of the foremost voices of the alto saxophone. He was a man who knew how to communicate with his audience, he spoke to you before the tunes were played. He told you what the tunes were going to be. He threw in little anecdotes, little jokes, and um, great one-liners. And um, they also played very accessible music. They played something like Mercy, Mercy that everybody knew, and you could people would hum along with it. And then all of a sudden... After that was over, then he'd switch to a brand new composition that no one ever heard. But by that time, the audience was in an accepting mood, and they could um, grasp what was coming next, even though it was unfamiliar. And that was the whole point. Adderley was such a, uh, an inspiring band leader. And the one person in this band that would know it was the leader that brought this band to Corey Weed's cellar. And I'm talking about the real legend in the band, the drummer, Detroit-born Louis Hayes. He was born in 1937. And uh, Louis, of course, played with both the Cannonball Adderley Quintet and the, and the Cannonball Adderley Sextet um, for many, many years. And, of course, he was part of that great rhythm section with... Uh, um, Joe Zavanul on piano and Sam Jones on bass and, of course, Lewis on drums. Now, Lewis was the, uh, not the spokesperson for the band. The spokespeople for the band, this band, 
was alto saxophonist Vincent Herring. And, of course, he's one of the most authoritative voices of the alto saxophone. Yes, he definitely was influenced by Cannonball Adderley in his concept, uh, but he absorbed um, Mr. Adderley's playing and added so much of his own. And, of course, Vincent Herring today is one of the leading exponents of the alto saxophone. So what a privilege it was to have Mr. Herring in the band and also the spokesperson for the band. His frontline partner is one of the great voices of the trumpet, Jeremy Pelt. Jeremy Pelt covers all aspects of the trumpet. You think of trumpet, you think of uh, Freddie Hubbard, you think of Lee Morgan, uh, you think, of course, of Miles Davis, uh, Dizzy Gillespie. Jeremy Pelt combines all of these. And you think of Matt Adderley, of course, who was constantly sort of overlooked um, and Nat Adderley, of course, Jeremy Pelt knows how great Nat Adderley was. So he has absorbed all of these influences and, of course, has his own distinctive style. So that's what is necessary in this particular band because uh, tribute bands can sometimes be a little tiresome. And I've never been a fan of tribute bands, but this particular band takes the music Um, is respectful of the music and yet takes it somewhere else. This is what it's important. Keeps the flavor of these tunes, but takes them in a different direction. On piano is a gentleman who can play all the styles. He can sound like Bobby Timmons. He can sound like Barry Harris. He can sound like Victor Feldman. He can sound like Joe Zavanaugh, and yet he retains his own style and wonderful piano player and a really nice man, Rick Germanson on piano. And on bass, the youngest member of the band, an up-and-coming young New York bassist um, who really has, well, it's a tough road to hoe. You're playing with people on the level, on, on the highest levels of jazz music. Vincent Herring, Jeremy Pelt, uh, Rick Germanson, Louis Hayes. you got to be good. And this young bass player is good. And he connects with Lewis Hayes so beautifully, hand in glove. And I'm talking about Desron Douglas on acoustic bass. So that's the personnel. All of this music was recorded December 7th and 8th at Corey Weed's Cellar Jazz Club. And, of course, uh, I was there uh, in great company and... It was a a wonderful experience to hear this um, kind of legacy band. There's very few of these uh, type of bands around that are on this level, so I think you'll be privileged to hear this. This album was issued on Corey Weed's label, Cellar Live, uh, and even though the club is now history, Cellar Live is still very much alive, and and of course... uh, issuing brand new recordings all the time. And so we have to thank not only um, Mr. Weeds, Corey, but uh, engineer Dave Sekula for um, doing such a masterful job at uh, mixing and mastering uh, these tapes. Dave Sekula, of course, is a wonderful guitarist, but he's also a really good sound man, as you'll, as you'll hear from these recordings. So... 
Without further ado, we're going to get to the music, and we're going to begin with a Victor Feldman composition. Feldman was um, one of the great piano players in the Cannonball Adderley Quintet, and Victor wrote some great tunes. As a matter of fact, he wrote the um, he wrote three of the tunes that we're going to hear on this album. So the first two tunes are Victor Feldman's. Uh, the first one is called Exodus, and the second one is called Chant. And then we're going to go to a tune that was written by a gentleman, a blues guy, who also plays the alto saxophone, and a most underrated gentleman by the name of Eddie Cleanhead Vinson. And he wrote some great tunes, and the third tune is one of his, and it's called Arriving Soon. Then we go to a real classic that was uh, uh, a hit for the band and uh, was written by pianist Bobby Timmons, who was the first pianist in, in uh, the Cannonball Adderley Quintet. And he wrote this tune. It's called Dad There. And then we go to, a, as I mentioned, another Victor Feldman composition. The third one uh, is called Lisa, and that's tune number five. And then we hear a great tune that features trumpeter Jeremy Pelt. And it was written by Nat Adderley, and it's called Naturally. And the final tune is a composition by Julian Adderley, Cannonball Adderley himself. And this one is particularly special because the owner of the club is going to sit in on this tune on tenor saxophone and make the group a sextet, and I'm talking about Corey Weeds, uh, makes a cameo appearance on the final tune that we're going to hear this evening on the jazz feature, and that tune is Julian Adderley's Sack of Woe. So, once again, the leader of the group and the only living member from the famous... Uh, Julian Cannonball Adderley Quintet and Sextet, Lewis Hayes on drums, Vincent Herring on alto saxophone, Jeremy Pelt on trumpet, Rick Germanson on piano, Desron Douglas on acoustic bass. And here we go with Exodus, our jazz feature this evening, the Cannonball Adderley Legacy Band live at Corey Weed's Cellar Jazz Club.
about it for Rick German at the piano? Rick German. Thank you. 
to Jeremy Pelt on the trumpet.
very much, ladies and gentlemen. How about it for Rick Germanson at the piano? Please give it up for Desron Douglas on the bass. Jeremy Pelt on the trumpet. Yours truly, Vincent Herring on the alto saxophone. Thank you very much. How about it for our leader, the incredible Lewis Hayes on the drums? At this time, we're going to take a break. Before we do, we'd like to let you know. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was our jazz feature this evening. I um, erroneously read something wrong. I said that uh, Mr. Weeds would be appearing on uh, one track. And uh, actually, we're going to play that track um, right now because uh, I said that he was uh, on it. And uh, so we're going to hear the track that um, I inadvertently um, left off. So I'll tell you all about it after we hear this particular tune, which is the only standard tune uh, played on this set. And it's uh, written by Cole Porter. And it's a tune that uh, Cannonball Adderley uh, was part of their repertoire. And the tune is called Easy to Love. So we're going to hear that with Corey Weeds added to this stellar group.
and there you go. <laughs> Corey uh, was able to uh, hang in there on that uh, last tune. Uh, I remember him telling me uh, uh, with a little bit of frustration in his voice that uh, he wished that uh, he could have played on uh, one of the slower ones, but uh, he acquitted himself very well in his uh, couple of uh, short choruses on that tune. So, live at Corey Weed's Cellar Jazz Club. That was the last great New York-based band to play there, and of course it fulfilled um, a dream that uh, Corey Weed's had to uh, bring this great tribute band into the club, and of course it was packed out, capacity crowds, and this wonderful recording was made from the, uh, uh, called from the uh, two nights at, uh, at the club. December 7th and 8th, and we have to thank um, the engineer, um, guitarist Dave Sekula, for doing such a great job, and of course, Corey Weeds for um, presenting the band to, uh, to Vancouver. And uh, a few months later, on the end of February, um, Corey Weeds Cellar Jazz Club was no more. But the label... Seller Live still carries on, and that's what this uh, recording was issued on, Corey's label. And it's called Lewis Hayes and the Cannonball Adderley Legacy Band. And, of course, led by the great drummer, Lewis Hayes, who, along with uh, pianist Barry Harris, who was uh, in, those, uh, in one of the uh, early editions of Cannonball Adderley's Quintet, Lewis Hayes... Um, and Barry Harris are the only two surviving members from that wonderful era in jazz music when Cannonball Adderley was still alive and well and uh, performing with his quintet and his sextet. But this band extends on that tradition, and of course the spokesperson in this band, one of the leading voices of the alto saxophone, was magnificent Vincent Herring. And on trumpet... Um, a great, great player who cover all the bases, Jeremy Pelt on trumpet. On piano, another person who covers all the bases in terms of uh, all the wonderful piano players that played in uh, Adderley's organizations. People like Barry Harris, I mentioned, Bobby Timmons, uh, Victor Feldman, and, of course, Joe Zavanul. Rick Germanson on piano covers it all. And the youngest member of the band, Desron Douglas, on bass, one of the young up-and-coming bassists um, living in New York City. And, of course, uh, to play alongside Lewis Hayes for Desron was such a privilege. And, of course, uh, his musical abilities matched Lewis Hayes' uh, experience and uh, longevity and uh, they worked hand and glove together. And, of course, the guest artist on the uh, final track that I played, um, Mr. Weeds, the host of the whole band on tenor saxophone. The pieces of music we heard, uh, we heard all eight on this album, beginning with uh, two tunes by Victor Feldman, one of the great uh, pianists in the band, also a great composer. The first tune was called Exodus, and the second tune was called Chant. Uh, then we heard a tune by Eddie Cleanhead Vincent, a blues-playing alto saxophonist and singer. 
great musician, underrated, and uh, he wrote two number threes called Arriving Soon, which became a staple in uh, Cannonball's band, and then a great Bobby Timmons composition called That Dare. And then we return to uh, the repertoire of Victor Feldman for uh, tune number five, and that was a great tune called Lisa. And then tune number six featured Jeremy Pelt uh, on trumpet, muted trumpet, doing a tune written by Nat Adderley, Cannonball Adderley's brother, called Naturally. And then we heard uh, Cannonball Adderley's great tune, Sack of Wool. And then finally, as an addenda, as a, as a um, uh, what do they call it? An encore. <laughs> we heard um, Cole Porter's Easy to Love, the only standard played on, uh, on this set. And, of course, that was part of Cannonball Adderley's repertoire, too. And Vincent Herring just tearing it up, the melody on uh, alto saxophone. And, of course, Mr. Weeds, Corey Weeds, added on tenor saxophone for that final track. So you heard the album in its entirety. It's a great one. It's on Cellar Live and available. And uh, you can go, uh, you can find it, of course, um, on the Internet. Just uh, type in Cellar Live and it'll take you to the site. And uh, if you don't have this album, you should get it. It's a great one. And it was a great historical um, event right here in Vancouver, recorded at uh, Corey Weed's legendary Cellar Jazz Club out on West Broadway. Our jazz feature this evening, certainly hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back in a few moments with uh, one of the greatest of all jazz trumpeters. We're going to go back to uh, some early modern jazz with uh, two great musicians, trumpeter Fats Navarro, who is my favorite of all the great trumpet players, and baritone saxophonist Leo Parker together. So uh, hang in there for this one. And we'll be right back. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we'll return in a few moments right after these messages. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. How much do you know about bikes? Everything? Perfect. Nothing at all? Even better. At the UBC Bike Kitchen, you can use our space and tools to do your own bike maintenance, get one-on-one -on -one instruction on how to fix your bike yourself, or drop your bike off for us to repair. You can also buy a fully refurbished, guaranteed used bicycle, or a variety of new and used parts and accessories. The Bike Kitchen is UBC's non-profit, student-owned, full-service bike shop. We're located in the basement of the Student Union Building. Just look for the stairwell on the north side of the sub across from Gage Towers, or search for the UBC Bike Kitchen on Facebook. 
stop by the bike kitchen, and then get riding. Tonight, of course, is cloudy. Rain is developing uh, overnight. It's going to get uh, kind of windy and go down to a low of 8. Tomorrow will be mainly cloudy and windy with, um, well, a 40% chance of a shower in the afternoon. The rain is supposed to kind of end in the morning, but uh, unsettled for the rest of the day with a low of 8 and a high of 11. Then on Wednesday is cloudy with a 40% chance of a shower with a low of 5 and a high of 11. Then Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud. Actually, no rain in the forecast, but Friday, good Friday, because it's the Easter weekend and Passover as well, starting on Friday. Um, rain for Friday with a low of 7 and a high of 11. Saturday is not much better with cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower, low of 5, high of 11. And pretty well the same forecast for Easter Sunday, which is a low of 4 and a high of 12. That's cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower for Sunday. So there you go. All right. The legendary Fats Navarro. Sad to say that, uh, unfortunately, um, drugs overtook his life, and he died at uh, the age of 26, and yet... His influence on trumpet players is astronomical. Fats passed away, of course, in 1950. And um, sad to say, um, he never lived to uh, record into the LP era. So most of the, um, most of the examples of his playing are on these three-minute um, discs, of course, which were very common uh, back in those days. We're going to go back to a recording session that took place in January of 1947, and it's uh, a great example of uh, early modern jazz. Another ill-fated gentleman was one of my favorite baritone saxophonists, a gentleman by the name of Leo Parker. Leo Parker was no relation to Charlie Parker, um, although they shared the same last name. Um, Leo was born in Washington, D.C., and uh, was one of the most prominent musicians in the 40s, and he kind of faded from view in the 50s due to drugs and all kinds of stuff. Made a comeback in the early 60s, and sad to say, uh, passed away from the, the same ailment in uh, 1962 after making a couple of very fine albums for Blue Note Records. And it looked as though he was on his way to uh, coming back and uh, he didn't make it, sad to say. So two gentlemen who were ill-fated, but they're legendary. I think Leo Parker is a great influence on a lot of baritone saxophonists, and he is rarely mentioned, uh, which is too bad. He had such a great sound, as you'll hear on these, uh, on these recordings. On piano, 
one of Tad's uh, mentors was pianist uh, Tad Dameron, of course, who was uh, an arranger, composer, um, but also a wonderful pianist as well. Gene Ramey on bass from Kansas City, Missouri, and a wonderful drummer by the name of Denzel DaCosta Best on drums. Very tasty drummer. We're going to hear four tunes. The, this was a result of a recording session for Savoy Records. And the first tune is a, a little bit of a novelty because um, it involves Fats Navarro's nickname. He was a chubby guy, and um, that's why he was named, his, his real name was Theodore. But he wasn't called Teddy, he was called Fats because he was, uh, well, rather chubby. And <laughs> he also had a very high pitched, reedy voice. And of course, uh, jazz musicians love nicknames. So um, they started calling him Fat Girl. And uh, that, that name stuck. And he, he didn't mind it at, at all. He was definitely not uh, um, girlish at all. But uh, his voice being high and reedy, there you go. Uh, so they called him Fat Girl. <laughs> and the first tune is uh, kind of um, recognizing that. You hear Leo Parker's voice. Uh, it's a little kind of a chant, but it's a really neat tune. The second tune is called Ice Freezes Red. And um, the only thing I know about this story is that it's, uh, it's um, uh, involves two rather dubious people. One guy named Ice and the other guy named Red. Um, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. That's the sort of esoteric uh, title behind that one. And uh, it's a great tune based on the chord progressions of Indiana and written by Fats Navarro. And the tune number three is uh, Bebop, back, spelled backwards, and it's Eb Pob. And it was written by Fats Navarro. And the final tune was, again, uh, a Navarro composition called Gone to Mintons. So here we go with Fats Navarro on trumpet, Leo Parker on baritone saxophone, Tad Dameron on piano, Gene Ramey on bass, and Denzel Best on drums. And we begin with Fat Girl. Fat Thank <laughs> you. 
Bad girl, bad girl. Thank you. 
That's all she wrote. Four tunes for the Savoy label done in January of 1947. Some prime early modern jazz. And that was a band led by the legendary trumpeter Fats Navarro. And uh, the band was called Fats Navarro and His Thin Men, <laughs> along with uh, Leo Parker on baritone saxophone, equally legendary, Tad Dameron on piano, Gene Ramey on bass, and Denzel Best on drums. And we heard four uh, Navarro compositions. Uh, the first one was, uh, as you could uh, tell, was called Fat Girl. And that was, of course, his uh, affectionate nickname that most of the musicians called him. And the second tune was called Ice Freezes Red. And the third tune was uh, Bebop, uh, spelled backwards, Ebe Pob. And uh, the final tune was called Going to Minton's. Minton's, of course, was uh, a legendary club where a lot of modern jazz was uh, played in its very early stages. It was a club in Harlem. And uh, that's where the, that was one of the incubators of modern jazz. And, of course, um, this band, yeah, two great legendary musicians, Fats Navarro and Leo Parker, taken from us when they were far too young. Abdullah Ibrahim, Dollar Brand, an amazing musician from South Africa. And he is um, going to be heard next. This was recorded in Cape Town in 1960, before he was uh, even known throughout the world. And, of course, he was the guru of South African jazz. And uh, he this tune was kind of popular um, in the late 50s. And it was written by a couple of Americans, Paul Howard and, pa and uh, um, Paul Weston. And um, it was kind of a, a folk melody uh, about the South. And it was called Shrimp Boats Are Coming. Shrimp, bo Shrimp Boats Is A Coming. And it had, had words and so on. But the melody appealed to uh, um, Abdullah Ibrahim, or as he was known then, Dollar Brand, and uh, he did a little arrangement for it with his uh, jazz trio. 
And so this is from Cape Town, South Africa, recorded in 1960, Dollar Brand on piano, Abdullah Ibrahim, with uh, Victor Nutomi on bass and Nelson Magwaza on drums. And here's Shrimp Boats are coming. Thank you. 
pianist Dollarbrand, as he was known, now known as, of course, Abdullah Ibrahim, recorded in Cape Town with his um, trio there. That was a, a tune that was uh, on the hit parade back in the late 50s, early 60s, written by a couple of Americans, Paul Howard and Paul, Des uh, Paul Weston. And it was kind of a folk melody, and it was called Shrimp Boats Are Coming. And um, Abdullah's interpretation of that tune with uh, Victor Natomi on bass and Nelson Maguaza on drums. And, of course, Mr. Brand on piano, or Mr. Ibrahim. <laughs> Two names. And uh, he was originally known, of course, as Dollar Brand and uh, became a devout Muslim in... I think in the um, late 60s, and uh, changed his name to Abdullah Ibrahim. And of course, he is the guru of South African jazz. You are listening to CITR FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Here is one of my favorite alto saxophonists. This is a rare recording, came out on Steeplechase Records, led by alto saxophonist Frank Strozier. Now, Frank is still alive, um, but he doesn't play anymore. And sad to say, um, he became very discouraged in the early 80s with the music business and uh, decided uh, to use his uh, degree uh, and enter into um, the teaching profession and taught high school for a number of years in New York City until he retired. But uh, I've talked to uh, Harold Mayburn, who we're going to hear on piano, uh, who, of course, is still very, very active. And uh, he said he talks to Frank Strozier almost every day and uh, always mentions, why don't you come up and play? And Frank says, no, the saxophone, my alto, is in the closet. And I haven't touched it in years, and I'm not going to which is too bad because he was one of the major voices as far as I was concerned on the alto saxophone, Frank Stroh's here. We're going to hear Frank um, with um, Danny Moore on trumpet, the late Danny Moore, Howard Johnson on tuba, an interesting addition to this group, Harold Mayburn on piano, Lyle Atkinson on bass, and Michael Carvin on drums. We're going to hear two tunes, both written by Frank Strozier. First one is called Remember Me. The reason he wrote that tune and called it that, that's the title track of the album, is that he had moved back to New York City. He had spent several years in Los Angeles and moved back to New York City. And, of course, in the mid-'70s, he was welcomed um, back to the Big Apple. So that's uh, the reason for the title of the first tune, Remember Me. And the second tune is called Cram Samba. The great Frank Strozier. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
couple of uh, rather amazing pieces by alto saxophonist Frank Strozier from a fairly elusive album recorded in New York City. Came out on the Danish uh, Steeplechase label, and the album was called Remember Me. And uh, that was the title of the first tune on that one, written by Frank Strohs here. And the second tune was a really up-tempo samba-style tune called the Cram Samba. And the people involved, Frank on alto saxophone with the late Danny Moore on trumpet, Howard Johnson on tuba, Harold Mayburn on piano, of course, who was Frank's homeboy. They were both from Memphis. Lyle Atkinson on bass, and Michael Carvin on drums. That was recorded in November of 1976 in New York City. So I guess you know by now that you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course this is The Jazz Show, and I always mention a couple of great websites to get onto. Uh, if you want to find out what's going on. The first one um, is very comprehensive, and it's got all kinds of links, and it's kept up to date. So uh, you know where all the different little places where jazz music is played in and around Vancouver. And um, as I said, with the demise uh, of Corey Weed's um, Cellar Jazz Club, All kinds of different places are presenting jazz, but not always on the same night and and that sort of thing. So you have to uh, kind of uh, watch what you're doing. Uh, You can go to a place and expect jazz, and it won't be happening until the next night kind of thing. So it's always good to go on uh, Brian Nation's website, which is VancouverJazz.com. Brian keeps it up to date. And as I said, there's all kinds of links on there. And uh, one of the things, one of the important links is all the live music, which is in and around Vancouver. And uh, it's all up there. Check it out. Check all the links. And that's VancouverJazz.com. Another comprehensive website, of course, and it brings up all the interesting things that are going to be happening this summer with this year's Jazz Festival, and also stuff that's happening before the Jazz Festival, and that's CoastalJazz.ca. And, of course, you can buy tickets on that website, um, find out uh, every, all the information, times, places, prices, all that sort of stuff, and um, makes it very easy for you to... Uh, to purchase tickets for all the major events that are coming up this summer. And, of course, the Jazz Festival is going to be celebrating its 30th anniversary this year, so it's big. Um, there's extended days and all kinds of uh, very special things happening this year. So uh, it's a good idea. Get on their website. That's coastaljazz.ca. And uh, once uh, again, my good friend Ken Speller, who is a wonderful music teacher, Um, on woodwind instruments, saxophones, clarinets, and flutes. He's an expert and a great player and a very, very good teacher. If you want to get started on any any of those instruments or want to improve your skills, he's a good guy to know. But also, he's a repairman, and uh, that's something he loves to do. He's got his own repair shop. Uh, in his home, which is uh, located at the 13th and Lonsdale area in North Vancouver. 
And uh, Ken does excellent expert repair work on saxophones, flutes, clarinets. He knows what to do um, about those instruments because they do need a lot of upkeep, just like a car. And uh, you have to keep them in top shape for uh, regardless of your status as a musician and your level that you're playing at. If, if your instrument is not functioning right, you're not going to sound good. I don't care if you're a genius. Uh, it isn't going to sound good. So there you go. Ken Speller can do the job for you. And you can reach him by phone at 778-800-1933, 778-800-1933, or kspeller, K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R, underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. And those are all um, non-capitalized letters. So there you go, kspeller, underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. Back to music now, this time with uh, a wonderful band that was put together by vibist Bobby Hutcherson. And uh, this was a legendary band. Bobby, um, of course, was raised in Los Angeles, and he knew all about one of his elders, actually, tenor saxophonist Harold Land. And uh, they decided to put their heads together and, uh, and form a band. And uh, they... This band stayed together for several years uh, with different people in the, uh, in the rhythm section. But one of their classic albums that they did for Blue Note Records was with this edition of the band. And, of course, Harold Land on tenor saxophone, um, Bobby Hutchison on vibes, the two co-leaders, Chick Corea, the magnificent Mr. Corea on piano, Reggie Johnson on bass, and Joe Chambers on drums. And this is a Bobby Hutchison composition called Same Shame.
What a great band. Bobby Hutchison and Harold Land. And, of course, Bobby on vibes and Harold Land on tenor saxophone, along with Chick Corea at the piano, Reggie Johnson on bass, and Joe Chambers on drums, recorded in New York in 1968 for Blue Note Records, a classic album, Total Eclipse. The tune we heard was written by Bobby Hutchison called Same Shame. Now for something rare, one of my all-time favorite pianists, Phineas Newborn Jr., the late great, a true genius of the piano. This is uh, when he was over in Europe doing a tour, and he recorded uh, these four tunes uh, in Italy, in Rome, May 28, 1959, and um, with two Italian musicians, Carlo Lofredo on bass and Sergio Pizzi on drums. And we're going to hear Phineas do a whole group of tunes, beginning with Dizzy Gillespie's anthem, A Night in Tunisia. Then we're going to move to um, Milt Jackson's great blues called Bag's Groove. Then uh, another blues by Edward Kennedy Ellington, Duke Ellington, called C-Jam Blues. And one more blues written by Gene Ammons called Walkin'. So here then, in peak form, in Rome, in 1959, is Phineas Newborn, Jr. Thank you. 
at the top of his game, Phineas Newborn Jr. at the piano, recorded in Rome in May of 1959, and we heard him with a couple of Italian musicians who acquitted themselves very well, Carlo Lofredo on bass and Sergio Pizzi on drums, and we heard Four tunes, beginning with A Night in Tunisia, Dizzy Gillespie's uh, anthem and a favorite of Phineas's, then Bag's Groove by Milt Jackson, a blues, and that was followed by an up-tempo version of Duke Ellington's Sea Jam Blues, and the final tune was Gene Ammon's great uh, tune called Walkin'. Phineas Newborn Jr., one of the true geniuses of the piano, and one of my all-time favorites. What a great musician he was, and what a complete piano player. And uh, so uh, overlooked in his uh, in his lifetime. He had a lot of demons and battles and uh, mental illness and all that kind of stuff, and um, would appear on the scene for a while and then disappear, go back home to Memphis and stay with his family, and then come back again, this sort of thing. and. I guess it, uh, this sort of inconsistency on the, on the national jazz scene prevented him from becoming a little more famous. But he's worshipped by every piano player that I know of. And uh, his playing is just superb. And uh, these are very rare recordings done in Rome. Speaking of rare recordings, this one comes from Louisville, Kentucky, recorded in 1969 at a ghetto club in Louisville called the 118 Club. And it features a group led by Philadelphia organist Gene Ludwig, featured a young guitar player who is going to become very, very prominent. I'm talking about Pat Martino. And on drums, Randy Gillespie. Gene Ludwig is, again, another one of those musicians who is kind of overlooked. Um, he was one of the finest uh, Hammond organ players on the scene. And uh, unlike a lot of the great Hammond organ players, Gene Ludwig wasn't black. He was, he was Jewish. He was white. <laughs> and he played in all the, all the black clubs um, when jazz was very uh, prominent in the, um, in the ghetto areas. Uh, in the United States, and there was a lot of jazz clubs in, in the uh, black areas of town, uh, especially in the 50s and 60s, and a lot of them featured this kind of instrumentation, sometimes augmented with a saxophone out front, but, uh, you know, guitar, Hammond organ, and drums, and it was uh, a portable big band. We're going to hear two tunes from this uh, legendary gig. Uh, the recording quality isn't the greatest, but it's not bad, and we're. This is some phenomenal playing, especially from guitarist Pat Martino. Absolutely incredible. We're going to open with uh, John Coltrane's great tune called "Mr. P.C.," dedicated to uh, the great bassist Paul Chambers, and then we're going to follow that with a Milt Jackson composition called "Sam Sack." So here then is Gene Ludwig on Hammond organ, Pat Martino on guitar, and Randy Gillespie on drums. And uh, certainly hope you enjoy this one. Mm -hmm. 
recorded at the Club 118 in Louisville, Kentucky in 1969, and we heard truly a badass organ trio led by organist Gene Ludwig and featuring a young up-and-coming guitarist who was about to become uh, almost legendary, Pat Martino on guitar and Randy Gillespie filling things out on drums. Just the three guys, and uh, we heard two tunes, two lengthy tunes, uh, recorded at that club. Uh, the first one was Mr. P.C., written by John Coltrane, dedicated to uh, his favorite bass player of the time, Paul Chambers. And the second tune was a Milt Jackson composition called Sam Sack. Ending another edition of The Jazz Show, we're going to be back next week, which is um, one of those funny kind of holidays. It, it is, a, uh, I think, a, some. it's not an official stat holiday, uh, as far as I know, but it's, uh, e it's known as Easter Monday, so a lot of people are going to have the day off and all that sort of stuff. And our jazz feature for next Monday is we're going to be celebrating the birthday of one of the most ubiquitous jazz drummers, and one of the most widely recorded of all jazz drummers, I'm talking about the legendary Arthur Taylor, New York born and bred. And it's his birthday next week, and we're going to feature a very fine recording, um, fairly obscure. Now, Art Taylor was on hundreds of albums, uh, but he rarely recorded under his own name. And this is a good one. It's called... Uh, uh, Arthur <laughs> Taylor's Tenor, I couldn't think of the name, Taylor's Tenors, and it features Frank Foster and Charlie Rouse, and um, also backed up by Sam Jones on bass and Walter Davis Jr. at the piano, and of course, Arthur Taylor on drums. It's a great album, Taylor's Tenors, and that's going to be our jazz feature next week. A good one, especially if you like the tenor saxophone played by two of the very best, Frank Foster and Charlie Rouse. Anyway, that's the lineup, and uh, I'd just like to thank you very much for being out there this evening, and hope you enjoyed the show. And um, those of you that stayed with us for, uh, well, three hours or so, over three hours, um, good on you, and uh, we hope that you'll come back next week. On behalf of CITR, on 101.9 on your dial or on your computer, www.citr.ca, and myself, Gavin Walker, and we'll see you in seven days' time. You take care, and uh, happy Easter, and happy Passover to uh, everybody out there, because it's coming up this weekend. Bye-bye. Do-ba-dee-oo, 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 do-ba-dee-oo,
Wind, 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 